Thank you for taking the time to come in here so early in the morning. Yeah, it's I've known you for what nine years now. Yeah, around that. Yeah, it's been nine years yeah, since nine I first ten, met you. Yeah, and yeah. it was all because you and your daughter to swim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, remember. Uh, you think I forgot? Yeah. No, no. I mean, I, I remember the first time I met you at uh, Andy's uh, Shin Hiyamoto. That's right. Yeah, because right? he had so, me out there. I've never been. Yeah, we're, the train yeah we're there with uh, Matt Krasilik and a couple other That's guys, right. right? So, yeah. and the first one of the first things you asked me is like, "Hey, are you a member of Attack?" Right. And of course, I didn't know anything about Attack at the you time. You found out right? quick. And so, um, although I did know a little bit about it, because like you said, my daughter was coming here with her friends. That's what it was. Because her parents were uh, right. members, right? And, and she was the ASA, Jerry Secret Heart. She went, Secret no, Heart. she went to... Uh, uh, CSA? Uh, no, ISS, International Secondary School, okay. which is a yes. very small yes. uh, uh, international school in Mita. Mm -hmm. But she was coming over here with her friends, and, and that's the only thing I knew about TAC, right? So when you asked me about it and then told me who you were and what you did with TAC, um, you know, that's how I kind of started that conversation with you about becoming Only a member. you told me what you do. Yeah. That's what made me interested yeah. in you. You so, said you're OSI, yeah. which for those of those people that don't know, that's Office of Special Investigation. And right, for the, the Department Air Force, of the Air Force. Air Force, right. yes. Right. Which right. they tried to recruit me, kind of, not really. I think they wanted me to right. be like a... A snitch um, or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, our junior, that's our junior <laughs> agent program. <laughs> yeah, so. No, $300 in big program. That's right. That's, that's right. what they offered me. Is that what the standard? That's too funny. Yeah, maybe. $300 in big program. Yeah. And I looked at them and I said, you've got to be kidding, man. Yeah. You've got yeah, to be you know. kidding. Tell me, Bill, where were you raised? Where are you from? So I was actually born at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force at the time. And... Uh, but uh, shortly after that, he separated and we moved to a small town in Ohio called Steubenville, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes west of Pittsburgh. Um, so that's where I grew up through my elementary school years. Um, my dad worked in a steel mill in Pittsburgh, and as did my grandfather. Um, and then... Even after he got out of the Air Force? Yeah, after he got out How of the Air Force. How long did he stay in? Only four years? Uh, he was in for maybe a little over four years. Uh, so he flew, um, he was crew chief on uh, C-130s. C-130s, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, and so uh, I, I think he was he was done with his, his time in Vietnam and all that, so his last duty station was Dover. Wait, just, I mean, your, your father was in Vietnam? Well, he flew over, over to there. Uh, no, okay, right. 30s. Right. Um, in the 1960s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, early 60s. So it before, be, before okay, all before everything. He was going over there just to get it started. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> so taking troops over, right? <laughs> Getting and, started, uh, right. So, um, so at least that's you know my recollection of of his his uh, Air Force career. Right. Uh, right. So, um, and then uh, again shortly after that, um, he got out. Mm -hmm. and, and we spent our time in Steubenville through my elementary school years. And do you have siblings? I do. I have a twin brother. Uh, oh, identical? Uh, uh, fraternal, yeah. yeah. 
We don't look alike. You would at all. Uh, you would see some features if you saw us both together. Is he taller in the same than you? He's a little taller than I am. A little bit, bit stockier than is I am. Is he darker in complexion? Uh, no, like we're probably about stuff. the same. Uh, he's got uh, brown hair and brown brown mine's eyes. gray now, but uh, brown eyes. And this I have you. I have blonde hair, blue and eyes. Blue eyes. This <laughs> so when we you see our school pictures, you know, who are these two brothers that are the same age, but we don't look alike at all, right? So, so just the two of you. Uh, the two of us, yeah. So, are you still close? Are you guys close? Uh, we are now. We, you know, there was a there was a big period of time, like when uh, after high school, where we went our separate ways. He went to the Marine Corps. I went to the Air Force, and we just kind of, you know, kind of lost touch and didn't really make an effort to to stay in touch. Were you, were you guys close before yeah, you went in the service? Yeah, we were. We were fairly close. I mean, something we, had to we're happen. I don't want to get into that. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean we were fairly close. It just we had different. We we're almost completely different people, even though we we're twins, right? So, um, but that's all it is. Nothing, nothing mm -hmm. spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, but he's just retired on August thirteenth uh, as a uh, battalion fire chief uh, outside of Chicago. So he went. So how long did he stay in the Marines? Just for he was there, I think, ten years. Oh, ten years. Uh, so he didn't retire. He didn't retire, and then he got out and uh, went to work for the fire department. Is that would that be considered? That's not. That's not government, so he wouldn't get any time from his no, military time. Because, no, no, no. like, if you went to the post office, right? Some other federal, some federal government, federal government right? you could buy. Yeah. You could yeah, you could buy back your military time exactly. and add that to your your length of government service exactly. for retirement. Did he have kids? He did. He has two daughters. Yeah. So you guys only produce girls. Yeah. No, I have a son. Also, you do. Yeah. Your son yeah. is he older than your daughter? Uh, he's older. Than my daughter. My daughter. My son is thirty, thirty-one. This. How many years difference year. between the two? Um, six years. Six years. Yeah. Same wife, of course. Uh, same wife, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you had a son. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not too many people met him because he, he went to middle school here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, he's from he's from same mom, but a divorce, right? So she went back to the States and then uh, many years ago, many years ago. So same mom is your daughter? Same mom is my daughter. Oh, is your daughter. Yeah. But my current was... wife is Japanese. I understand. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. Now you're clear. Okay. So... Um, so he spent most of his time in the States, but when I was here in Japan before, <clears throat> he went to school here at Yokota Air Base. And you were so, here when, when you were I was here in 2001 to 2004. Okay, that was uh, your first time in Japan? That's the first time in Japan. Okay. And then uh, and they went to the schools on base, and then, okay. but, but he didn't come back over. Uh, he was already out of school by the time I came back mm -hmm. over the second time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so he's 31 now? 31, yeah. So he's the age of my third son. Yeah. He just turned 30, yeah. so he's about... Just a year yeah. over him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. That's it. I know. Yeah. Are he and his sister close? Do you know? They are. Yeah. They. You know. Of course. You know. It's all Facebook and. You know. Definitely. Yeah. So that's because the, they live on different parts of the U.S. My daughter lives in Michigan, and my son lives yeah. in Sacramento. Is she is she working now? She doing. She, you met my daughter right here, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. as a as a teenage kid, yeah. she's married now with two kids, two boys. <laughs> so. Uh, a four-year-old. She made you a grandpa real yeah, quick. Yeah. A four-year-old and a one-year-old. <laughs> Your son doesn't have kids yet. No, no, okay. he's still single. Yeah, he's in Sacramento playing, playing the field. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I have a one-year-old grandson I haven't even seen yet because of COVID. Yeah. But what about the other? But the other. Yeah. So the three, four years ago when he was born, I was able to go back. Okay. Uh, when he was born, so. Um, so anyway. Um, That's neat. Yeah, so, so you go with your brother, and okay, so you after you finished. You, you finished high school where? So actually, you know, after middle, after elementary school, my grandparents moved to South Florida like many people did when they retired. Right. And so the whole family kind of moved down there, right, right. And including us. 
And so I did my middle school years and my high school years in Naples, Florida. Okay. Yeah. So. And then after that, then what, what made you decide to get into the service? So you yeah. oh, wait, you weren't a draft agent. No, I wasn't. No. I, I mean, I registered for the draft, but I, I enlisted. And, uh, you registered for the draft? Would yeah, you everybody have been drafted? I could have been drafted, yeah. If there was a draft. But there was no draft? There was no draft. Because they stopped it by the time you went to yeah. win. So no, you yeah, yeah. The 81. Late, 80, yeah, I was going to say late 70s or something, because yeah. I was drafted. And my lottery number, I was from Los Angeles, and you know, the lower your lottery number, and the bigger the city you're in, the more of a chance you go in. Mm -hmm. So my number was six. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, so you went straight to the Air Force office and said, <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. I said, wait, do you have any jobs here? Yeah. I'm sure you're not, not going to be farther. No. 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 Everyone knew by then. It was 70, 71. They knew yeah. Vietnam was a yeah. lost cause. Yeah. Yeah. They knew we weren't, we weren't trying to win that. There were yeah. too many hills captured and given back and captured and given back and too many yeah. people coming back messed up. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Did you? So when you got in the service, what made you decide to go in the service? So, you know, I, you I get college. asked this. I get at, No, I didn't do a college. I, four days after high school, four days after I graduated high school, I was in basic training. Four days after you graduated? Well, so you uh, always knew you wanted to go in. Yeah. So I, I actually joined on a delayed enlistment program. That's what I did. And so so I, six I, months? I, yeah, I signed up in January. Six months later, um, That's what I, did. I was sitting in basic training. Mm -hmm. And so I mean, there was no real, you know, uh, reason to go in, but I did know that graduation was coming up, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, I was working like construction in the summer, you know, and McDonald's and Burger King in the, you know, during the school year and, you know, with nothing other than what am I going to do tomorrow? Okay. And, you know, what date am I going on or whatever, whatever. I had nothing. You were, you were thinking like that? I was thinking like that even as I was approaching graduation, right? Okay. So um, no plans, right? So um, like I said, in January, I decided, hey, maybe I, maybe I should look at what they have to offer. Did you talk to your dad? Or to your no, I just went to the recruiting station and I started with the Army. And I said, you know, I wanted to be a helicopter mechanic and, and they were, they were all excited about that and then tried to convince me that, you know, I needed to do two years of infantry first and then apply. <laughs> and, and you I was like, if you make it out. I got out of the seat and I walked to the Air Force guy <laughs> and, uh, and, and told them the same thing. And, and then, uh, so what ended up happening was the Air Force uh, said, well, we have a jet engine mechanic, um, which is kind of all inclusive of all airframes. Uh, so are you interested in that? And I said, yeah. And so that was the career field that I was headed towards okay. um, all the way up until I went down to the MEP station to do my physicals and all that stuff and in process. So I go through the whole physical and you know what that all right. entails, right? Yes. Standing yes. in line yes, with a bunch right. of other guys yes, and, right, right. and then bending over and yes, turning right. your head and yes, cough right. and all that kind of stuff, exactly. right? Yeah. And so go through all of that. And I, and I go into a recruiter's office to sign the final contract, and then the next step would have been going into a room and raising your hand and, right, right. and, 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 being, sworn in. and being sworn in, right? So, and he tells me, hey, look, you know, the Air Force is downsizing a lot of airframes. A lot of mechanics are being moved, you know, to other airframes. Um, so the, the career field that you want to go into is closed. We, you know, we, we either have to pick another career field or give you another delayed in your, you know, your, your entrance into the Air Force. I said, well, I'm not going home. I said, I'm here. I took a Greyhound bus down here and my intent is to get on a plane and go to Lackland, right? right, right, right. Um, to do my basic training. 
I said, so what do you got? And so the first thing they showed me was a, a video of military police. <laughs> <laughs> right. So in the Air Force, it's called security police, but it's, right, it's right. military police, right? So, yeah. and of course, they show them a great video, oh, of right? Of course, they do dog oh, handlers and everything, yeah, sirens and lights, oh, and, and I fell for the it. Uniforms are just pristine. Yeah. I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I said, "I'll take it." Sign me up. Yeah. And off I went. <laughs> and I'm sitting in basic training the first day, and 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 uh, you know, of course, we get off the bus, and they. You know, you know the drill. Of, you know they're yelling at you. Yeah, 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 bullshit. Yeah. Right. Well, even in the first night, we got there pretty late, right. and so all they did was take us off the bus, fed us, put us in the barracks, and said, "Go to sleep." And and so as we were laying down to go to sleep, they played taps. Okay. Right. And so and I'm laying there thinking, you know, what the did I get myself into here? <laughs> right. So this is real. Of course, the next morning, the you know the the drama starts, and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then six weeks though. Six, six, only, six, yeah, six, only six weeks six at that time. People. It's like it's like ten weeks now, I think. Well, because they're making this. Is, what's this? Um, everyone has to be prepared, ready, or ready. What is it now? All the military has to be ready yeah, to ready, fight. Yeah, ready to fight. Because right. we didn't have camouflage. No, I didn't. Yeah, we no. never. Do you never I put had, on a single one? Did you? I did later in my career. Yeah. I never. Yeah. We didn't have. That was only for the right. army and the marines. Yeah. Nobody wore that. Now everyone's wearing. Yeah, everybody wears. Yeah, and it, and it's been for some time, but. I think part of that was, you know, kind of a supply chain thing, right? So okay. it's easier to have one. That's right, just one standard you know, uniform. Yeah, exactly, that everybody could wear. And, okay. and, and so, um, but yeah, so I did my six weeks there. I also stayed at Lackland Air Force Base for tech, tech training, for okay. military police training, right. right? And so I went through the police academy there, and then uh, and off I went on my Air Force career. So how long did you stay in the Air Force? I did 24 years of active duty. Oh, so you retired? I did, yeah. So you really like, kind of liked it. Yeah, I did. Is that right? So, you so know, when did you, you retire as a senior? I senior, senior master sergeant. <laughs> you, can, you can't go any higher, can you? Yeah, one, one rank higher, chief master sergeant. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Well, your, arm was getting, your arm was getting heavy? My arm was getting heavy. I was getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting older, right? So I knew retirement was coming. So it's just a matter of, you know, in, in the Air Force, it really a lot of it depends on the career field that you're in mm -hmm. and your promotion opportunities. The smaller your career field is, the, the less stripes that are available for that That's career right. field, right? right? So if I had stayed in military police, which I'll, I'll explain why I didn't, um, it has a huge number of E9s or chief mass sergeants. Mm -hmm. So there is there is more opportunity. Right. Of course, there's a lot more senior mass sergeants competing for those, but there are more opportunities. Um, so I did, I did military police, security police for about uh, 10 years. Um, and then I was recruited to uh, OSI. Your first 10 years was just military police? Just military police, yeah. And they said, you've done such a great job. We wanted to take you in Well, like most specialty career fields, they're looking for people, right? And they're looking to recruit um, top-notch folks, people, okay. performance That's true. That's true. people, right? That's so, um, and I was fortunate enough to have good supervisors and good commanders mm -hmm. that, you know, kept me in line and, and, and taught me good things. and. And so, um, so anyway, so I got recruited into um, the Office of Special Investigations, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so now for the last fourteen years of my military career, I was a special agent with uh, Air Force OSI. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I retired in two thousand and six after twenty four years active duty. The Department of the Air Force hired me back on as a civilian, doing the same job that I. Ended as a special agent with OSI. So. How does that How does that work here in Japan? I, I do know this. When you're in service, you don't 
So do you know, you stop showing your rank once you become OSI. Right. That's right. right. You no longer show your rank. And you're mostly in civilian clothes. Most you so. don't wear a uniform. Right. And that's so that if you have to deal with someone above your rank, right. they have no authority. You're just completely autonomous to anything they have to say. Right. And, and conversely, also, if you're dealing with someone lower in rank, they so don't feel intimidated, intimidated by you because you're a higher rank. And right. so there's no, if you're doing a, you know, an interrogation or something, you, you certainly don't want that to be a factor in the end right. uh, for any lawyers to tag on to. So we mask our ranks um, and we wear civilian clothes. Did you enjoy, which did you enjoy the most, being a security police or being OSI? Ultimately OSI, but in the beginning, I wanted to go back to security police. What right? made you want to and, go back? Well, because security police was a, uh, a big unit, right? Everywhere you went, there was 80 or 90 security police to hang out with, right? So and they also recognized you immediately. So yeah, you and, and we, had, we had a great um, group of people every, every time we were off and on duty, and we just had this great camaraderie, uh, camaraderie right? The, and, and so well, the first OSI office that I went to was two people, <laughs> me and another <laughs> agent. <laughs> and so, you know, when it came time for a time off, you're like, all right, who do I hang out with? You know, it's really like, couldn't. you couldn't, right? And so you, you could somewhat, but you didn't, you were just different at that point. You well, weren't one of them. that everybody really, on the base, if you're there for, everybody knows who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody they know knows. exactly who you sure. are. We're the only ones wearing a coat and tie. <laughs> every day, every day. Every day. Yeah, yeah. And so that's true. And and, that's and right. so when I say yeah. it's just a different relationship and you have to be careful with. And you can't fraternize. You can't fraternize. Because with this is familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, so so you just, just, and that made your life kind of lonely. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I wanted, you know, in the beginning I was like, man, I made a mistake. I want to go back. Right. And so I didn't ask to go back. I just kind of pushed through it. But um, so the first part of my OSI life was the mission was good, but I just missed hanging out with all of my police buddies, right? Mm -hmm. and How so, long did that last? So that probably lasted for, through that first assignment, which is three or four years. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, after that, I, you know, you got kind of used to that and realized you could still hang out with people and, and but not really. you know, but, but just <laughs> really. walk away when things get a little crazy. <laughs> or, you know, but not really. There's a time when you tap out and say, I'm going home. I got to go home. Yeah, I don't, right, yeah, right. don't want to be on the witness. I can't be a part of this yeah. shit. And so, um, so after that, then, you know, then I started getting into the different mission sets of OSI and, and, uh, and really enjoyed it. And, of course, it took me to where I am here today, sitting in Tokyo, um, you know, as a civilian employee and, and uh, living, you living a good life. You're yeah. going to continue to stay with OSI? No, I'm done. And uh, so OSI agents, especially civilian agents, are, are part of a government job series called 1811, mm -hmm. right? So every federal law enforcement officer that works for the U.S. government is a job series 1811. Mm -hmm. FBI, DEA, CBP, uh, us, NCIS. Um, but don't the FBI and CBP, okay. Right, and so there's an age limit um, that, that you, you can't go past uh, as a federal law enforcement officer, okay. and that's 57. Um, 57? Right. Why, why, why that number? That's just a, a, a negotiated... Um, age limit to keep the force fresh and and and, and, and also you know it's, it's at that time that they established that age there was a thought that you know that's an age where after that you're not going to be as effective a rigorous job and law enforcement and mm -hmm. kicking down doors and all that kind of stuff right and the chances you pass on physicals and, and all that kind of thing degrades right mm -hmm. um so and you have to have upward movement you know and stuff so 
Um, so that still stands though today, even though much. So you're 157. So I'm 58 now. 58, uh, right? But because of my military time, um, I retired at age 42. Mm -hmm. um, so the government gave me a five-year age waiver uh, to allow me to go to 62, so I can get that 20 years of law enforcement duty in, which is a higher retirement. So, Jeez. Yeah. So, so, you, so, you, so you're going back to the States to actually continue to work. You're not so I'm going back. Yeah, I'm going to go back and retire. But I'm going to, I go back next year um, in August of 2022, mm -hmm. and I'll probably go back to our headquarters uh, and do my last three years there and retire. Now, when you're in Japan, what kind of authority do you have? You're in Japan. Yeah. Let's say something happens outside the base. Right, any military something. So all the military here, including us, are under SOFA, okay. a Status of Forces Agreement, which is a negotiated agreement with the U.S. and, and government of Japan um, that gives us authorities under certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, if there is, let's say, the easy one is a criminal event happens off base, it involves a SOFA member, whether it be an active duty military member or a civilian or a contractor, mm -hmm. as long as they fall under the SOFA, then we have some authorities to investigate and get involved in. Mm -hmm. um, if uh, if it's non non sofa personnel, uh, then we have no authorities. Okay. Can you carry your guns outside? We can, um, but you we can. don't. We don't. Uh, the Japanese allow that. So under sofa, we're allowed to arm to protect the resources of the United States government. So even if it's outside outside yeah, the base, yeah. even yeah. outside the base. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but. Because of the sensitivities of weapons in Japan, right? Um, but I mean, we, be, even if we are carrying, no one, be no one sees. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Wow. What kind of situation? So you've been in Japan for ten years. Twelve years, almost 12, 12, 11 years. Uh, this month. Okay. Eleven years. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me something that's juicy that people don't want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that. Uh, Not too juicy, but um, something interesting. What are some of the big? What are some of the biggest issues you have to deal with? So dealing with, unfortunately, you know. So we have four OSI units in Japan. There's there's one at Misawa, there's one at Kadena, and there's one at Yokota Air Bases. And in my office, which is in Ropongi, um, near at the Stars and Stripes uh, building. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so those guys that, that are out there at the main operating bases, you know, they deal with a lot of criminal activities conducted uh, by SOFA, active duty people. Um, so unfortunately, you know, the, there's times when um, sexual assaults occur or narcotics uh, cases occur so um, that's where they spend the bulk of their time dealing with those kind of issues mm -hmm. um, and so you know my job in, in here in Tokyo is to liaison with the Japanese police at the senior levels at the headquarters level the, the self-defense force and intelligence agencies so I go out there and I build relationships at the very senior levels so that I can help advocate for the rest of those units to be able to do their job throughout Japan. Mm -hmm. Whether it's criminal, whether it's counterintelligence, whether it's fraud, whether it's protective service details, I try to solve all their issues at this level, right? Mm -hmm. So but you never do you ever have to get any hands on stuff where somebody's really you know, you get there and you like you see the body, for example. Sure. I mean, uh, me in particular in this job now, I don't do that. The guys at the at the bases do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, if for instance, there's there's suicides that happen, mm -hmm. obviously, um, that and I'm sure those get uh, some press. Um, we've had a few uh, homicides that have occurred down at one of the bases, mm -hmm. um, 
And so our guys will go out and run those crime scenes and, and take evidence and then work with the host nation on depending on who the subjects are and, and, uh, and victims are. So, What did you like most about your job? What did you like the most? So, I mean, in the job that I'm in now, it's, I have the best job that you could have. Why is that? Because uh, all I do is, is take the Japanese out and eat and drink and, and build relationships with them so that the rest of my guys can do their jobs, right? So, but I do spend a lot of time with the, uh, some very senior people in the Japanese government. Uh, and I don't have the mission in my office to go out to those crime scenes or to get called out in the middle of the night. So you can sleep at night. I can sleep at night, right? So, um, and so, but the guys that are at the bases, you know, of course, that's, that's their life. You know, no matter what they have doesn't, planned, they got they're going to get called in for something. Right. Right. Doesn't that didn't that bother you at any time when you yeah. you see that like you see stuff that's hard to get out your head? Yeah. You so my know? first my first death case was a child death, a oh. baby, um, and that died from uh, unknown causes, which in the end turned out to be SIDS. Uh, I don't know if you remember SIDS, which is a su sudden oh you said yeah yes right syndrome right. Um, but at the time, we didn't know. So, so you're accusing the mom and the dad. Well, not initially. We're right. just, you know, we're, but I had to go to the autopsy, right? So I you see, see this little baby there, and I have a kid, right? So, you know, um, that was not fun. Um, but it did turn out in the end to be uh, sick. But you did have to suspect. Yes. Yeah, of course. And they went through the ringer, too. Yeah. I mean, your baby dies in the middle of the night. What happened? Okay. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, you, you, you know, you make sure you go through all the right steps. To preserve evidence and 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 uh, statements and all those kind of things. Don't you think, for the most part, the military really tries to be as fair as it possibly can be? Yeah, I it think has so. to us. You right. can't right. you can't run a military. Yeah, yeah, you have right. to. I mean, you have to be consistent in the application of any mm -hmm. discipline or authorities, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, mm -hmm. chaos ensues. So, That's yeah. True. Yeah. so that was the one case that really. Yeah, I mean, I, I always remember that case, um, it, yeah. and just because it was a baby, I've seen other adults that that. You know, have died, and it, it was nowhere near um, the sense of dread that that, mm -hmm. that one caused. But mm -hmm. yeah, so any case that you felt like it was a mystery at the beginning, but you solved it somehow or another, where you thought, yes, and you just <laughs> you know, you know, instinct or something, and then you went, you had your Columbo moment, mm -hmm. and you yeah. asked him, I said, hey, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did really. you have anything like that that yeah. you felt really proud of any moment? Because um, there's so many movies and everything about. Police force and yeah. special investigations. Yeah, you know, it's just, it doesn't happen that way. There's right? no music so in the background? There's no music in the oh, background. Come on. You uh, can't cut to commercial no, break? No, no. <laughs> and, and nothing comes back from the lab in, in an hour. It doesn't come right? back. So, it always takes forever. Yeah, so, no, I think, you know, a couple of the cases that I were involved in that were long drawn out. Uh, we had a case in when I was overseas, and I won't say the location, but mm -hmm. basically a, 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 a mail bomb was mailed to a uh, a guy that was uh, married to a lady um, overseas, and her ex-husband sent a mail bomb to the guy. Right. So, and, and the unique thing about it was, it came from the overseas. And they made it up through several post offices and customs APO. offices, and went to an APO box. The guy picks it up, goes back to his desk, opens it up, and it blows up. Right? It really did blow up. It did blow up. Right? And. Uh, so within, and did it kill him? Yeah, no, it didn't kill him, but it severely did. I mean, yeah, it, it, it tore him up a little bit, and then uh, 
but within hours, you know, and, and seeing maybe days, you know, we, that case was solved, you know, and it was really just a matter of, of, of picking the obvious, right? <laughs> and the obvious was it, right? So it was like, man, that was easy, right? Um, but uh, it could have been very difficult. Could have been very complicated. Yeah, very complicated, right? And if as it was smart just, as he was in making that bomb. Or if it was just anonymous, right? Right. Uh, so, but in this case, there was a sense right off the bat that, you know, that, that there were the person. Can you imagine? Uh, can, uh, so, do you find yourself every any time now, because you've seen so many things happen since you've been involved with security police and also the OSI, do you feel skittish sometimes to find yourself, you know what I mean? Because if you, if you know what can happen, doesn't <laughs> yeah, that sometimes... It gets to you after a while. When can you relax? When no, you I mean, it's... I, I don't think because I've been out of that That's right. hair on fire stuff for a little while. That's um, right. You've had a chance I don't to have that now. But we used to. Yeah, we used to do... Yeah, we used to have... Especially if you're overseas and there's things going on. Uh, you know, and I, I, I deployed to the Middle East, so there was, there was always things going on there as well. But, you know, you just... You have habits now of sitting with your back to... To the wall and looking at the door right. and scanning the room. You think and, and my wife will be like, "Who are you looking at?" I'm like, "No, I'm just taking note." <laughs> you know, and so, um, and she she laughs because I'll make her sit with her back to the door, not right, my back right, to the right. door, right? So and, you can protect her. Yeah, right. And so, um, and anytime we're in unfamiliar situations, I'll always tell her, "Hey, you know, just you know, let's just mm -hmm. stay over here and." Mm -hmm. You know, and this kind of thing. So she gets a kick out of it sometimes. Other times she's like, well, stop it. You know, just yeah. knock it off. But, but no, you, you get trained that way and, and uh, you look for um, any unusual things or being bad, you know, different behaviors in people. Do they have a system <clears throat> of letting the people go to psychiatry? I mean, to have a psychologist speak to them on a regular basis? Sure. So, sure. We have, our we organization have actually has a, a sign. Um, psychiatrists, uh, okay. criminal, and you know, that are the uh, trained into law right. enforcement and stuff. So, um, yeah, you can anytime that you're feeling stressed about mm -hmm. an event or a case yeah, or something like that. No, 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 no. But they always see in the you know on TV. Yeah, and yeah. It used to be, and and you know, but I think back in the day, you know, mm -hmm. certainly when I was young, you never wanted to go to mental health. That was a bad place to That's go. Right. Place to go. That means and, you and can't so. Take it. And so it's completely different now. I mean, it's encouraged. It's also, you know, it's almost forced on you at times where, hey, let's just get together and talk about these things. And, mm -hmm. and as, a, as, a, as a special agent in charge, um, you know, I have to talk with the folks and, and I try to make as many opportunities as I can to just let people talk, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, in most cases, all they need. Just, just a way to, just to process it out and, and then realize that they're, they're, despite what they saw or what they went through, um, they're living, they're breathing, they're okay. But, they, but it only means something if they're talking to someone who they think is really receiving. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you want to be genuine in your, mm -hmm. in your approach to that. And sometimes you, 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 know, you have to take on a couple of different roles with that person. Have you ever um, had anyone that came up to you and you said, you're not set up for this. You need to get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You've had people like that? Yeah. <laughs> you said, you know, I, we've had people they walk up and say it's not that's not what I signed up for. And, okay, and had yeah, to go. Yeah, and then it's and that's okay. Is I'd it? Rather, yeah, it's okay. I mean, we'll we'll send them back to their career field or find them another career field that they're more suitable for. Mm -hmm. and, and not only from a you know emotional or mental health standpoint, but sometimes it's a capability issue. That's right. You know, you might recruit somebody that's out of supply who is the best supply sergeant you, you ever knew. 
um, but you bring him into OSI where he has to think on his feet and, and do all these different things and multitask and all that. He's he's way out of his league. So mm -hmm. it's uh, let's get him back in the supply where he was. Oh, so this like, how you guys recruit? You guys go in and yeah. see this guy and say, Bob looks like he might really. Yeah, so we'll, we look at that's why. Yeah, so we look at award winners. That? We look what, at award what winners. What year was that for me? Like, is it the three hundred dollars and the beach privileges? What was that all about? I don't know. Depending, you probably saw you hanging out in the parking lot and said he knows stuff. <laughs> but uh, but who knows? I mean, I don't know what what their intent was there. Mm -hmm. um, but and that was in Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for us, we just you know we we start with you know a lot of different um, people. Uh, that that will give us uh, uh, indicators of someone that might be a good OSI agent, right? So we'll talk to first sergeants, we talk to commanders. There, they don't have to go through any other process. Wait. So we recruit them. I mean, they have to leave their career field owns them, I so they, they have to be releasable from their. But career they have field. to still be active. You can't have. A, you couldn't do that to us. Like for example, I couldn't be recruited yet. I'm a civilian. We do hire civilians um, out of college. Um, out of comments, yeah. but not people that have been no, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to be able to to pass a background investigation. Right. You have to be able to um, qualify with a firearm and, and all those kind of things. So, um, and you can't have any, you know, obviously any arrest record or mm -hmm. uh, knowing mental health issues or any of those kind of things, right? Be physically fit and that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, we'll look for high performers on the base. You know, at airmen or sergeants of the year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people in people in honor guard. That's right. How do you? Uh, I know. Wait, wait. I spent all last night looking you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and we'll look for those guys because they're committed to something. You know, they're committed to their career fields. They're committed to their job. They're committed to their militariness mm -hmm. that, that they signed up to be. And, and we'll recruit those. And if they're releasable from their career field and they can get through all the the uh, recruitment process and the background investigation, then, then, they're, then we can get them on board and you know, wow. turn them into agents. Jeez. Right. Have, you turned any, have you ever picked anybody to be? Oh, yeah. Ready? I mean, I, I mean when, you're at the, when you're at the detachment level, like if you're at the unit, OSI unit at a base, mm -hmm. part of your mission is to recruit. Oh, they, they let you know that. Yeah, yeah. So you have to recruit people. Um, we have to keep that you know our, our academy classes full of recruits and, okay yeah so mm -hmm. we're always looking for for folks mm -hmm. tell me this listen with this what was your best face where did you enjoy being the most Ooh, i knew you were going to ask that how did you know that? <laughs> everybody <laughs> asked that um so you know i thought about that actually so there's did you really think i was going to ask you that no, i knew i'm, I'm prepared for that one yeah. goodness wow so i would have to say that the base wise i would say it's a toss-up between Aviano Air Base in Northern Italy um, and Tokyo, right? So um, I love Tokyo. Uh, I love the convenience of Tokyo. I love everything that, that happens in Tokyo that makes your life easy. But I also love doing nothing in Northern Italy where nothing happens unless, you know, right. someone, you know, knows you or right. whatever, or it's really important. Right. It's not really important. And, Okay, the train might come or it might not come, but you're still going to get to where you got to go, you know. But here, it's you know, everything's you better be everything. Right? So, so from you know that perspective, those are kind of two that run parallel. But I think the best mission that, that I ever had was when I was the senior enlisted advisor or the leader for um, our forces in uh, in the Middle East. Um, so how long did you do that? So I did that for a year, um, and I was headquartered out of Doha, Qatar. Um, what year was this? This was 0405. 
Wow. Um, okay. And we we had we owned the, all the OSI agents that were spread out through Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Kuwait, mm-hmm. uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were the command element there. So I got to travel to all those locations and meet all those guys who were out there. Kicking, How did you travel? Kicking butt. Um, mostly Miller. Okay. C-130s, helicopters, whatever. Whatever's going in that direction right. in most cases. Were you civilian clothes then too? I was in, no, I was, I was back in uniform then. Okay. But no rank. I know, yeah, right. yeah, no rank. But we wore military uniform because that's, uh, you know, that's combat zone. Right? Right. So yeah, you have to, you have to wear right. your, your uniforms, yeah. right? So we did work in civilian clothes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but those were very specific operations that were short term. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime that, you know, as a, as a senior leader over there, you know, I went in uniform. Since, since you know what I was going to ask you, what was the best operation you were on? Can't tell you that. You can't? No. Okay. All right. But see, I asked you this, and you said I can tell you anything. I, I didn't say, I said I can almost anything. I said almost everything. But you went, how many, no, okay, can I ask you how many operations you had that you can't tell me about? Oh, so there were so many. I mean, there. Oh, really? You, you had know, that yeah, many? there was a lot. I mean, there. Uh, especially in the Middle East, I mean, it was it was. And they had special code names. It was, for all it was a daily operational ops tempo, right? So okay. it was just all of our units were out there every day, you know, getting after uh, all kinds of things. other things, right? Going out and meeting with sources and gathering intelligence and and uh, using that intelligence to to neutralize threats and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah. you know, how do you feel about when you? That was one whole year you had to do that. So I did that for a year. Um, that was my second time over there. First time over there, I was part of a, an operational unit in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was good. But we lost we lost some agents over there. I mean, we lost. Uh, I think we lost nine the wow. time that I was over there. With you know, no four and no five. Oh. Yeah, you lost. So them. yeah, I don't know. I knew you guys heard on the news the green zone bombing that right, blew right. up the the cafe. Right. We had agents in there uh-huh. that were severely injured. Um, so it was not fun. Uh, we've in December a couple of years ago we lost a group of agents in Afghanistan. So uh, mm. due to suicide bombs. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, so it happens. Of course, now we're all reeling from what's happening in Afghanistan now, right? right? So, Taliban could have taken it all. Over. Right. So that was twenty years of, of effort that's been for naught. Right. So another Vietnam. You say. Uh, mm. So. Yeah, so I think that from a mission standpoint, that was a unique mission that that um, is now gone. Um, but some of the things we did over there were were, um, were pretty cool. Okay. What would you like to end this podcast with? Um, that's a good question too. So you mentioned that earlier, but I, I said, but I, I just so here's what I'll say. I'll okay. say, you know, one of the opportunities that I've had in being in the Air Force for forty years now. Um, either in active duty and, and civilian, right? And that's been my whole adult life. You know, I never, you know, that's the only job I've had as an adult, right? Um, I met a lot of really cool people over the years, right? And and Tokyo was no different, right? And so getting to meet guys like you um, at one of my favorite places in Tokyo, Andy's, Shin Hinamoto, and, and, and then just... I always found that never take an opportunity or miss an opportunity to get to know somebody because you just don't know what they're going to bring, what they're going to, bring to the table or what you're going to need or what you're, what you're going to be able to help with or whatever. And so everybody that I meet, you know, I always try to figure out, you know, what they're about, who they are, and then, you know, not looking for anything. That's right. But just want to know about it. Just want to know about it. But it, it provides opportunities like 
me being a member of TAC. And not so much for me, but my daughter was able to now be a member and have her life in an international community, right? So, so um, I think back fondly on, on that memory of meeting you and, and then all the discussions we've had over the years. So, um, so when you asked me to do this, I was like, hell yeah. I said, yeah, this is great. Then maybe I was really kind of surprised that you said, okay, I thought you might say, I'm sorry, you can't do this. I can't do this. I wish I could, I wish I could tell some more stories, but you know, um, you know, this gets out to the public and then my boss will be like, hell yeah. No, you helped me so much because in a very personal moment, yeah, you call. Yeah, sure. I called you up and you were right yeah. there at my aid. And I, I tried. I yeah. I, no, you really weren't. I mean, that meant so much to me. Yeah. Because it just, and my, yeah. me and my wife and my family as a whole, it yeah. was really meant a lot. Well, so. and, and that's an example of what we were just talking about. Isn't that the know, truth? Just, and yeah. that, that, that even furthers a point of why I really wanted you to be a part of this club. Because I said, we need people. Yeah. There's a security service you just don't understand. Yeah. We can't have enough people in the security service a part of this club. Yeah. It was a pleasure, I'm telling you, Bill. Thank yeah, you no so worries, much. Man. Yeah, it's been. And thanks yeah. for the friendship. Oh, yeah. same here. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't end here. No, no, it's certainly not. Certainly you know, not. We can do FaceTime yeah. every now and then, you know, yeah, or have a beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And you never know where we're going to find each other. Right? Isn't that the truth? Because yeah. I plan yeah. on continuing to yeah. travel. Me too. I got my two yeah. shots. Yeah, me too. I know it's going to be one of the criteria. I got 27 masks. I can go anywhere. But yeah, no, and that's the other thing, too. You just never know where we're going to end up. Two or three years, never know. You just never, never know. know. Right. So there's always an opportunity to get together and have a beer and sure. some good food or whatever. Right? Thank you, Ben. All right, man. Good luck with this. I thank you. I'm going to need it. <laughs> I, need it. I love it. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Don't forget to press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all unknown. Continue to reach for the stars. And you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>